today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You know, the Bible tells us that Satan desires to kill, steal, and destroy. The Bible says that Satan is a murderer. The Bible says that Satan is the father of all lies. And he is at work in the world. He's at work in the unseen world, and he's at work in this world, and he's trying to undermine, he's trying to divide, he's trying to destroy nations, including our nation. There's a spiritual battle taking place. Armor up, because you are in a spiritual battle. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dan, he tells you about spiritual warfare. The Bible shares the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Satan is working to divide, undermine, and to deceive people. It's important to stay grounded in the truth of God's Word. Pastor Dan explains that when you stay rooted in the Bible, you are less likely to listen to the lies of the enemy. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Ezekiel chapter 27 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verses 1 to 10, again, you've got the prince of Tyre. Now going into verse 12, the Lord addresses the king of Tyre. And there's a distinction made here. And what the Lord says through the prophet Ezekiel now to the king of Tyre is not something that can really be said to any human being. He's not describing an earthly leader here. He's not describing a human leader of Tyre. He's certainly not speaking of the prince of, of Tyre at this point in this prophecy. So then who is he talking about beginning in verse 11 and 12 and going forward from there? It seems that the Lord is addressing Satan in these verses. You'll see what I mean in just a minute. He's he's addressing Satan as the king of Tyre. So you've got the prince of Tyre who is a human leader, but then you've got the king of Tyre who seems to be, as you'll see, Satan himself. Satan is the spiritual power behind the human power. He's the spiritual power behind the prince of Tyre. He's the power behind the human power. You know, in Ephesians chapter two, uh, Satan is described as the prince of the power of the air who controls the course of this world. You know, the directions, things just seem to go seemingly on their own. Well, Satan is the one who's controlling the course of this world. Ephesians chapter 6, we're told we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. That there's there's a spiritual realm and there's a spiritual battle that's taking place and our fight isn't really against flesh and blood enemies, that there's actually... Uh, uh, you know, evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world behind the scenes, uh, manipulating things and controlling things. And here in chapter 28, we get a glimpse behind the curtain, so to speak, of the evil rulers in the unseen world here and how they're involved in human affairs and countries and governments. There's a spiritual authority behind this earthly ruler. Now, 
We see this also in Isaiah chapter 14, where the description of the king of Babylon seems to go beyond any earthly king and describes Satan himself. It describes the fall of Lucifer in Isaiah 14. We also see the same idea in Daniel chapter 10, where the angel Michael describes a battle with a spiritual opponent that is called the Prince of Persia. Uh, Persia uh, would be the modern day country of Iran. So there's this spiritual authority over Persia. Uh, During the tribulation period, the Antichrist is empowered by Satan himself. And so we're reminded here that there is a spiritual realm and that there are evil powers at work in the unseen world that are manipulating things and and setting the course of this world and that there is a, a battle taking place in the spiritual realm and that our battle is not just against flesh and blood. And I think that's an important reminder for us that there are evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world at work in the seen world, in nations, even in our nation, in every nation. You know, the Bible tells us that Satan desires to kill, steal, and destroy. The Bible says that Satan is a murderer. The Bible says that Satan is the father of all lies. And he is at work in the world. He's at work in the unseen world. And he's at work in this world. And he's trying to undermine. He's trying to divide. He's trying to destroy nations, including our nation. There's a spiritual battle taking place. And here we see that with Tyre, that there's the, well, there's the prince of Tyre, who's the human leader. But now we're talking about the king of Tyre, who is a spiritual leader, who, again, as you'll see in these verses, it seems it's Satan himself. Now, it's interesting to me, when you look at the history of the city of Tyre in the Bible, you see that it was a city that was demonically influenced. Jezebel, for example. Jezebel marries Ahab, the king of Israel, and it's Jezebel from Tyre who introduces Baal worship in Israel. She imports idolatry into the nation. She's from Tyre. And it's that idolatry that ultimately led to the destruction of Israel. And it happens to be brought in by somebody from Tyre. When you get to the New Testament, Jesus travels to the area of Tyre and Sidon, and there in Tyre, He is met by a woman, uh, the Syrophoenician woman, who has a demon-possessed child. And the word for the child is a small small little girl. She's got this little girl, this daughter, who's demon-possessed. And you read that and you think, how how did a child get demon-possessed? It's Tyre. She lives in Tyre. There's, there's, There's a whole lot of demonic things happening around the city of Tyre throughout its history in the Bible. So let's get in the verses and you'll see what I mean here. So verse 12, son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect and beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, onyx, and jasper, sapphire, turquoise, and emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. Uh, obviously, this is not talking about the human leader of the city of Tyre. 
This is describing Satan. It says you were in Eden. You were in the garden of God at, you know, at the beginning, before the fall of Adam and Eve. He describes Satan here. And by the way, this is like the most detailed description we have of Satan in the Bible, of his appearance at least. He says you were the, the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and beauty. Again, this would be in the garden before he tempted Eve. Uh, he was he was clothed with every precious stone. Uh, you know, he was adorned with great glory and splendor and beauty that's described here in verse 13. Now, this helps us understand why Eve listened to and believed the serpent in Genesis chapter three. It wasn't just some snake that slithered, slithered up to her. You read Genesis three and you wonder why is she talking to a, to a serpent? You know, most people are afraid of a serpent. Why is she talking to a serpent? Well, this is what Satan looked like. You know, he can appear as an angel of light. Here you see him describe seal of perfection. He's perfect. He's full of wisdom, full of perfect beauty. He's 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 clothed or adorned with these precious stones. You know, he's the model of perfection, full of wisdom, exquisite beauty. Verse 13 mentions the workmanship of his timbrels and pipes, timbrels and pipes are musical instruments. In Isaiah chapter 14, verse 11, it makes mention of Satan's stringed instruments. And so from these verses, it it can be inferred that Satan had some role in in worship, some role in maybe leading worship before the fall, playing music. Isn't it interesting? I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but isn't it interesting just how uh, powerful and emotional music can be everywhere you go in the world. Music can have a power to it. It can it can it can move you to emotion, all kinds of different emotions. You find that everywhere, everywhere you go in the world, whether it's, you know, for, for good or for evil. But it's moving. It's powerful. Some music is is, you know, clearly demonic, you know, it doesn't even try to hide uh, that it's from a demonic influence. But I just, I, I wonder, you know, just what, what role, you know, what, what was God's intention with music? How was it corrupted ultimately by the devil? He goes on to describe him in verse 14. You were, speaking of Satan, you were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God, you walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. But before the fall, Satan was an angelic being who was anointed by God. He says you were the anointed cherub who covers. And notice it doesn't say he was an anointed cherub, as in one of many. He was the anointed cherub who covers or who guards. And what is this talking about? We, we can't say for sure, but we see in the Bible The cherubim covering the throne of God with their wings. So maybe Satan was one of those cherubim covering the throne of God with his wings, giving given a position of honor, guarding the throne of God. God says, I established you. You you were on the holy mountain of God. You, You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones in heaven. Satan had had freedom and he had authority of some kind in heaven. 
Pastor Dan will have more to share from today's Ring of Truth study in just a moment. But right now, we'd like to invite you to worship with us this Sunday morning. Here's Pastor Dan to tell you a little more. I heard recently that many people who listen to Christian radio are not part of a local church. Hey, if that's you, I'd like for you to join us this weekend as our guest at Calvary Chapel located in Columbia, Maryland. The teachings you've enjoyed here on Ring of Truth are from messages I've shared with the congregation at Calvary Chapel. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Look at verse 15. You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created until iniquity was found in you. Now, listen to what it says in Isaiah chapter 14 about Lucifer's fall, Satan's fall. This is Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. You who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. Speaking of Jerusalem, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. What was what was Satan's sin? Pride. I will be like the most high. I'll be like God. That was his sin. Pride. What brings down the prince of Tyre? Pride. He lifted up his heart. He saw himself as a God in his own eyes. What was the temptation in the Garden of Eden with Eve? The day you eat of this, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Pride. That's what brought down Satan. That was the iniquity that was found in him. He wanted to be exalted. He wanted to be elevated. Verse 16, by the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within and you sin. Now, as we come into verse 16, it it, it seems to speak now of how Satan used the city of Tyre as a commercial center of the world. Again, as the, the prince of the power of the air controlling these things by the abundance of your trading. Speaking of Tyre, You became filled with violence within and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God. And I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Verse 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they may gaze at you, you defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities. And in the city of Tyre, there are many temples to different gods. You defiled your sanctuaries by the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading. Therefore, I brought fire from your midst and it devoured you. And I turned you to ashes upon the earth. Again, this seems to be talking about the city in the sight of all who saw you. All who knew you among the peoples are astonished at you. You have become a horror and shall be no more forever. You know, this again is describing the reaction of the nations to the judgment of Tyre. 
when Tyre fell, the nations looked on with horror. You know, once this beautiful, you know, um, magnificent, wealthy city that's known for its luxury, it's turned to ash. It's brought down to the ground. You know, in his commentary on Ezekiel, J. Vernon McGee talks about visiting the ruins of the city of Tyre. And he said, as I walked through the ruins of Tyre, I heard no music nor laughter. I could not see the buildings or the gold or the silver. All I saw were broken pieces of pottery and the wreck and ruin of what had once been a great city. You know, and here he, he, he describes Tyre, you know, having all that the world has to offer. But in the end, they're destroyed. You know, Jesus said, what is what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world, but in the end he loses his soul? And most people, just about all people in the world, uh, they give up their soul for a whole lot more than the whole world. Most people don't even come close to gaining the whole world in their life, and they lose their soul just the same. They give up so much, so much less for their soul. You know, I, you know people go through... Uh, so much thought and energy to gain things in this world and in this life, and they give very little, little thought to eternity. And we're going to spend so much more time in eternity than we're going to spend in this life. So few people even think about eternity. Now, verse 20, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, set your face towards Sidon and prophesy Against her. Now, Sidon was another Phoenician city just up the coast, 25 miles north of the city of Tyre. God has a word of judgment for the city of Sidon as well. And say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Sidon. I will be glorified in your midst, and they shall know that I am the Lord when I execute judgments in her and am hollowed in her, for I will send pestilence upon her, disease, plague. And blood in her streets, the wounded shall be judged in her midst by the sword against her on every side. Then they shall know that I am the Lord and there shall no longer be a pricking briar or a painful thorn for the house of Israel from among all who are around them, who despise them. Then they shall know that I am the Lord God, the, the promise here is that God's judgment of Israel's neighbors will bring relief to Israel. They'll no longer be under the threat of those who despise her as a nation. And that brings us to verse 25 in the final section of chapter 28. Thus says the Lord God, when I have gathered, notice what it says here, when I have gathered the house of Israel from the peoples, plural, among whom they are scattered, and am hallowed in them in the sight of the Gentiles, then they will dwell in their own land, which I gave to my servant Jacob, and they will dwell safely there, build houses and plant vineyards. Yes, they will dwell securely when I execute judgment on all those around them who despise them. Then they shall know that I am the Lord God. This promise... At the end of chapter 28, this promise to Israel that they will uh, be gathered out of the peoples from whom they were scattered, that they will dwell in their own land, which speaks of them being you know, sovereign over their own destiny, 
that they will dwell safely and securely. This has not yet been fulfilled. This is a future promise that has never been fulfilled. The nation of Israel has never lived in their own land in complete security and peace and safety, not since the time of King David and King Solomon. The nation of Israel is restored today, but they don't live in safety and security. In fact, the opposite is true. They are under constant threat as as a nation. So then when will this promise be fulfilled? This promise will be fulfilled when Jesus Christ returns to the earth and sets up his kingdom. That's what it's talking about here when he when I execute judgments on all those around them who despise them. That's Matthew chapter 25. After Jesus returns to the earth and establishes his kingdom on the earth as king of kings and lord of lords, then Israel will dwell in safety and security. And then Israel will hallow God in the sight of all of the Gentiles. In Isaiah chapter 2, it says, And it shall come to pass in the last days. So that's the context. In the last days. That the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of all the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and all nations shall flow to it. And many people shall go and say, come ye and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. And he, God, will teach us of his ways and we will walk in his paths For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And he will judge among the nations and will rebuke many people. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks, their weapons of warfare. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. Describing when Jesus establishes his kingdom on the earth, it'll be an end to war. People will no longer need weapons. They'll just need farming equipment because there'll be this great abundance upon upon the earth. And at that time, that time, the people of Israel will have peace that comes from the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring sure than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Ezekiel. The Israelites had a difficult time trusting God, especially when things didn't go their way. But despite their wavering faith, God's faithfulness never wavered. He even sent someone like Ezekiel to speak not only truth, but hope. God had something much greater for the Israelites, and he has something much greater for you, too. If today's message with Pastor Dan on Ring of Truth has touched you and you'd like to know more about how God can change your life, we'd love to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. And we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. If you're ever in the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together for a time of worship and Bible study. And we'd love to have you join us. 
You can visit our website at calvaryec.com to find directions, service times, and what you can expect when you join us. We want to say thank you for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have much more to share from the Bible when you tune in next time, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes 